Hey, this is Vody B from the Dallas Mavericks, and you listen to our sport radio. RF Sports Show. RF Sports Show. Talking sports. Yeah, he's playing excellent in the playoffs, and Dirk is on guard, but we said that uh, on our previous shows leading up to this Mavs game, and he really presented it tonight, 24 points tonight, and when they come back to Dallas, he's even better at home, much better than he is on the road, so we, we're definitely going to see a lot more from Dirk in this series, he's really going to be the one, I think, to push his team over the hump, I had I said a lot about the Mavs, that they didn't really think they're going to win this game, but they showed me something tonight, I mean, I, I like the way this team is playing right now. Talking sports. From a fan's perspective, Mondays, right after Saturday Night Lights, and Wednesdays, right after the breakdown, right here on Deep End Radio, deependmedia.net and rfsportsradio.com. Welcome, everyone, to our program. Once again, we are coming to you guys again right here, RF Sports Radio. You can follow us online at rfsportsradio.com. Find out everything we got going on. We're going to be talking tonight a lot about the NBA Finals, of course. We'll talk about Game 1. The Mavs, of course, lose Game 1, so we'll talk a lot about that. And we're going to talk about Game 2 and preview that, which is coming up here in Miami as well. We'll talk about Game 2 and what needs to be done, what adjustments, the matches that we saw in Game 1 that the Mavs cannot repeat in game two, and also a late-breaking story that we got to cover is Shaquille O'Neal officially retired of the 19 seasons in the NBA, and Shaquille finally calls a quiz. We'll talk about him as well. Let's go ahead and get our show started. If you want to join us tonight, make sure you give us a call, 323-927-2906. That's 323-927-2906. Let me bring on my calls real fast. Mr. Royce Fisher. Mr. Fisher, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing just fine, Rodney, uh, after last night's loss of the Mavs, but I think I survived. It's only one game. I think it's going to be a long series, and I'm interested to talk about it. i got a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, no doubt. we got a lot of stuff to cover, and as, as I mentioned before, let's talk right off the bat about a big story going on, and that's the late-breaking news that Shaquille O'Neal is going to be retiring. Shaquille a 19-year veteran in the NBA, it almost seems like it's not going to be the same without him playing. Of course, his last couple of seasons, uh, last year with the Cleveland Cavaliers, this year with the Boston Celtics, weren't really up to par as far as where, where Shaquille Neal's, Neal's talents are. But in his MVP season, 1999 to 2000, he averaged 29.7 points a game, 13.6 rebounds, four assists, three blocks, and was named to the top 50 all-time while he was still a player in the league, a huge controversial pick at the time because, as you know, Shaq was still playing. He's been named with great yeah, those that right. uh, have played well before him. Seven foot three, three 350 pounds. Let's talk about Shaq and his retirement. And first of all, I think you're not surprised to see him retire. Am I right? No, right now I'm not. First off, uh, congratulations to Shaq. I mean, 19 years in the league, man, that's – that's, that's a long time. A whole lot of guys don't make it that long. And, you know, hats off to him for that. You know, I'd like to have seen him play this year. I've seen this. It is his last year. And, uh, you know, he wasn't healthy. But, uh, I mean, the guy has, you know, he was a phenomenon when he played. You know, in his prime, Shaq was probably one of the best. Or he, he is one of the top 50 greatest players that I've seen play. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to Shaq. You know, he can go and do his law enforcement. <laughs> I think that's particularly that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, he can definitely do his law enforcement full-time now. But but looking back on Shaq and his career, his 19 seasons in the NBA, I mean, we got to – can we mention him with some of the greatest centers of all time? Oh, of course. Of course. Because, you know, the guy was – I mean, he was a big guy coming out of college. He And he's pretty much overweight. He was real big. But the guy came in, I remember he came with Orlando. Nobody was even talking about the same conversation, talking about Orlando and some championship playoff team. But he right. actually made that team into a contender and a, a big franchise. And his impact, his first year he went to the finals, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, just coming out. And the guy, had, you know, he's won rings in L.A. He's won rings in Miami. You know, he almost got one in Boston. 
and he was coaching Orlando. So the guy is really a phenomenon. I, I put him in my top 50 all-time greatest players and one of my top 10 greatest centers. Yeah, I had to put him right up there with the top uh, centers. I mean, I, to me, he's top three at least. I mean, you can kind of arrange it however you want. I mean, if you think about what he was able to do in dominating the NBA when his time while he was there, I mean, you're right, his first season goes into a, a matchup. It seems like it was unfair at the time against Akeem Olajuwon. Right, right, And he got right. schooled by Olajuwon while he was still Orlando Magic. But, you know, Shaq, Shaq, you know, we're going to miss not just his play, but also his antics off the court. And yeah, Shaq he was. was a big dope. You know, he was the kind of guy that made it real fun. I always work with the kids. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about what Shaq was doing off the court and, and how much of a big big plus it was to the NBA and, and to the growth of the NBA. You know, he, he really did expand the, the game and the NBA. You know, he also played in movies. He tried to do a little rapping. A lot of kids yeah. look up to him. He always done stuff. And I used to look forward to the All-Star game when Shaq would come out with his little routine. You know, he always had some kind of routine. And he, you right. know, sometimes he stuck his foot in his mouth, but he was Shaq. He was a li- real likable guy, and that's the main thing. Most people like Shaq, you know, so that says a lot about him. And he was real active in the community and with kids. And, you know, uh, nobody's perfect, but, the, you know, the guy didn't, you know, he, he didn't do as much stuff as some of the other players. He wasn't always in the negative, you know, shown in a negative light. But I will give Shaq a lot of credit for 19 years is a very long time. Very long time. And while we're talking, of course, about, you know, Shaq and being one of the greatest centers of all time, you mentioned he would be in top ten. Now, is there any center out there that you're putting above Shaq based on the players that you've seen? Uh, yeah, well, I had to go with Will Chamberlain. I had to go with Kim Olajuwon, and I had to go with Bill Russell. So Shaq would be my mm-hmm. top four. So okay. uh, I will say that. He's my top four. But uh, he's definitely up there in the top you know, you, you can put him third or fourth, you know, all the time. But to me, he's the fourth greatest center. And the thing is, I, I have not seen, I didn't get a chance to see Wood Chamberlain play. I didn't get a chance to see Bill Russell play. But from the centers that I saw, he had to be the top one. I mean, the only other person I could think of is Akeem. I mean, you could talk about David well, Robinson, but I think Shaquille O'Neal's done a little bit more to me well, than David well, Robinson. Tim Duncan, he 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 up center, but he's more of a He's more of a forward. I know Kareem did a lot, but I, the, the time I saw Kareem play, I didn't see the he UCLA was, was, days. I didn't right, see the Lou Alcindor right. days, so it's really hard right, for me to say. Right, but I saw right. Shaq come from LSU to Orlando to L.A. and watch his career and all the championships that he did win, which, again, he retires with one more championship than Kobe. Uh, we should, right. we should bring that out. These guys had a rival, rivalry for so long, but I think you got to have a mutual respect for what Shaq was able to do, but – when it comes down to centers, I think he's the top one that I've seen play in the NBA. Well, you know, right now I look forward to Shaq uh, going on the greater things, uh, maybe acting. He may go back to acting. But the guy has a personality to do just about anything he wants to do. You know, so uh, I look for good things to come out of Shaq. I don't think he's going to be out of the public eye. Knowing Shaq, you know, he's going to do something to stay in the public eye. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, Shaq, well, congratulations on your retirement, man. You're not going out necessarily on top, although you're going out as one of the best centers to ever play the game. So, kudos to you for your career, man. I hope you have a great – I know you got so much stuff going on. You mentioned how oh, yeah. he's involved in entertainment, so I know we're going to see Shaq. And you never know, we may see Shaq uh, doing some commentating here pretty soon. He hasn't said what his plans are going to be, but he may be doing some commentating pretty soon. And, and Shaq is a good, likable guy. I think he have no problem yeah. trying to get something done. Oh yeah, he may even resurrect Shazam. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> who knows? Well, we can you only know, hope that he's superheroes out there. <laughs> who knows? He may come back at Shazam. So yeah, so, we're gonna, we're, I, hope he, I hope he. I hope he doesn't do that. Yeah, I well, hope he doesn't <laughs> do that. Uh, but in other news, we didn't get a chance to cover this on our last show. We'll mention it briefly here before we take a break, and that's uh, Jim Trussell. He did step down from Ohio State amid all the allegations. Apparently. Uh, the trading tattoos from Revillian has been going back as far as 1999. Uh, now, Jim Trestle is Ohio State football. He's that figure for Ohio State football. Several ex-players have reacted to it, saying that, yeah, he should have stepped down. Some are saying, hey, he should have hung in there. 
But, Royce, we talk about this a lot during the college football right. season. Yeah. Players getting mixed up in the wrong thing right. at the wrong time. Right. But as a coach, right. you have to be watchful and know what's going on. Well, you know, that's unfortunate that that happened to Jim. Because he was one of the great, all-time greatest coaches. But uh, at the same time, these young men do have to show some responsibility. But I think he fell on the sword, you know, because mm-hmm. running out of controversy. You know, Rodney, there's still a lot more stuff coming out, you know, about these yeah. guys getting these cars and families and stuff. So, you know, I, I see that on just about every college camp, not so much to that level. It does go on. So maybe it's going to bring back the conversation that should we play these players in college. You know, go yeah. back to that. Yeah. But at the same time, they, you know, like I said, if we can talk about that, it's a big argument about that on both sides. But it's unfortunate yeah. that it happened. And like I said, these kids do have to bear some responsibility. You know, they know they know the rules. That's yes, true. And they are the ones that break the rules. And it's kind of hard for a coach to keep a winning program. That means he has to be in the, you know, film room. He has to, you know, uh, study, you know, other teams, you know what I mean, and control right. the that, That's a big job to do. You know, that really yeah. is a big yeah. job. If you think about it, because if you don't win, you're gone anyway. So you do have to spend some time, you know, in the coaching room. Yeah, so really yeah no doubt about it. Yeah, it's very unfortunate for that. But we'll have more in that story, as you, as you said before, it is developing as we speak right now. More stuff is coming out, and that's not just about him, but also a story that's brewing in Boise State as well. There's only a matter of time before oh, yeah. a team or a, or a program like Boise State was going to come under any kind of investigation, so they have something like that going on right now. we we'll give you guys more details. Let's take a quick break. If you want to join us, make sure you join us on Twitter. Go to twitter.com at RF Sports Radio. Follow us there. You can find out or, or even get involved with our discussion right there on Twitter. Or, of course, find us online, rfsportsradio.com. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Royce, we've got to jump right into game one, talk a lot about what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't like, getting right. some of the stats and right. some of the stories that are developing. And I'll give you guys some late-breaking news on how bad is Dirk Nowinski's finger really hurt. So we'll talk about right. that, too. Let's take yeah, a quick a break. We come as a big surprise. So we come come back from a quick break. You listen to the RF Sports Radio Show powered by Deep End Media Sports Talk from a fan's perspective. show do you have a business a product a service or a website and you need more customers advertise with the fastest growing internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world email me at rfsportsradio at gmail.com that's rfsportsradio at gmail.com we have options for every budget and don't let business pass you by when I got to the lane Robert Parrish jumped at me and I saw Larry Bird coming at me as well so I had to arc the hook shot a little higher and you just went Was that the sweetest shot for you in your whole career? In my whole career, the sweetest, not only shot, but the sweetest moment. Because the guards went, (laughs) (laughs) he did it to us again. My name is Royce Fisher from the IRS Sports Radio Show on Deep End Media. I have a question to all football team owners and players that participate in the sport at this level. Do you play in amateur league or professional league? Find out the difference by visiting mpflfootball.net. 
RS Sports Show. RS Sports Show. Talking Sports. Yeah, he's playing excellent in the playoffs, and Dirk is unguardable. We said that uh, on our previous shows leading up to this Mavs game, and he really presented it tonight. 24 points tonight, and when they come back to Dallas, he's even better at home, much better than he is on the road. So we, we're definitely going to see a lot more from Dirk in this series. He's really going to be the one, I think, to push his team over the hump. I had I said a lot about the Mavs, that they really think they're going to win this game, but they showed me something tonight. I mean, I, I like the way this team is playing right now. Talking sports. From a fan's perspective. Mondays, right after Saturday Night Lights. And Wednesdays, right after the breakdown. Right here on Deep End Radio. DeepEndMedia.net and RFSportsRadio.com. And we are back live, RF Sports Radio, joining you guys for our review of the NBA Finals. Game one and also a preview for game two. Let me bring Royce back on with me here. And Royce, first of all, uh, let's go to the obvious. The Mavs lose the game 92-84 to the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, of course, they, they played their style of basketball all game long. It was a grind from start to finish. Now, over, overall, what did you see between both of these teams and how they came out, especially in that fourth quarter? Was it really a low-scoring quarter? At the end of the first, it was only 16-17, but the Mavs had to lead by one. Okay, Rodney, you know, you're absolutely right. I, you know, it, it was a good game all the way up to the end where Miami kind of took over, Dallas kind of uh, fell off. But what happened was, uh, you know, and I said this at the beginning of the – we start talking about this, who benched played better. Uh, Dallas bench was outplayed by Miami's bench. And and let's talk about that first quarter. In the first quarter, you know, both teams shot, what, 28%? So it really was kind of filling out thing, which, which was uh, – and the Mavs were still at it at that point, like I said, 17 to 16. And it was very low-scoring quarter, but both teams missed a lot of shots. You know, I, I, yeah. I get at the nerves. I get at the nerves. But I, I what I saw was uh, Jason Terry and two other Mavericks didn't contribute. You know, he contributed the first half, 12 points, none in the second half, and, and they just fell off. We didn't get anything from the bench players. Yeah, I would agree with you 100% on that. I mean, not only that, we can not get enough from the bench, but the bench is, the bench, going on that, the bench is our strong suit. That's where we make Right, you know, the right. most, the, the biggest the difference between Miami. Right, that's the biggest difference right. Miami. And they come out in the first quarter, and, of course, they shot the ball poorly the whole game. The Mavs only shoot 37.3% the whole yeah, game. But right. in that first that's quarter, I knew they were in trouble then because of the way the style of, style of play was going. I mean, at the first quarter, Jason Kidd had six points. Dirk only right. had four. Tyson Chandler had one on a free throw. And then, of course, Jason Terry comes in and hits six. But, I mean, that's it. No one else really contributed. No three from Deshaun Stevenson. We're used to seeing that in the first quarter. Page came right. in that first quarter for three minutes, a little over three minutes, then scored right. a bucket. Uh, Berea, and that's really the bench. You know, Terry, Stryakovic, uh, Berea, Haywood, that's the bench. And both Page and and Berea combining to go one for 11 for two points is not going to get you a win. That's right. And, you know, Okay, if you look at the first quarter, you had four Mavericks to score, whereas you had only three Heat players. It was LeBron had eight, Chris Bosh had six, and uh, Dwayne Wade had two, which was perfectly okay because if you look at it that way, you were trading even for even. You had three guys on each team scoring. To me, that's mm-hmm. even. You know? Right. So I, I would give that as, that first quarter as even, you know. But what what happened was, as the production went up with Miami, the production fell off of another productive on the Dallas side. And we're going to get right. into those second, third, and fourth quarters. You know? Yeah, yeah. Let's, go, but, let's, but, look at the, let's look at the second quarter while you mentioned. I mean, they ended up, you know, 27-27 at the end of the second. Uh, they, what, that's how much they scored in the second quarter. Both scored 27 right. points. But they right. ended the first half, 44-43, to Mavs take the lead. And the Mavs were doing okay in the second quarter. They started making a little leeway. They started getting getting their offense a little bit in gear. Jason Terry had 12 points in the first half. Yeah, it sounds some promising signs, right. but 
But those fouls late in the second quarter kind of gave the Heat some life, and they ended up only only going into halftime down by one. And every every game so far in the postseason, the Heat have actually trailed right. in the first half. Right. They come back right. to win. So, right. and then but, I was surprised by one big major thing that I haven't seen throughout the playoffs. And that was Jawan Howard coming off the bench for three minutes. Right. I mean, it, and, and, you saw him come out there and play. And, you know, and even then, speaking of the second quarter, you had five players on each team that scored. So, to me, that's still even with the Gator Mavericks. You know, they they got a little more breaks, but the rebounding wasn't that great either. Second chance mm-hmm. points weren't that great either. And they did miss a lot of shots. But you only got two points out of J.J. Burrell. And we're going to yeah. talk about J.J. Burrell after we start talking about these last two quarters. Which He was non-productive. I think... You know, in the previous series, he was great. He came in, he was sparking on the pitch. But this may not be J.J. Perez's series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I saw him being pushed around on the floor. I think Miami is one of the best defensive teams out there. And they are rough. We saw that. They, and they're mm-hmm. physical. And this just may not be J.J. Perez's series. I, I, he, he was non-productive, he was a non-factor. Don't you agree? And the whole and if I agree with you 100. percent I mean, if, and in that whole when, when you have a team in the first half, the Miami Heat only shoot 36.6 percent. The, right. the Mavs shoot 38.2 percent. We get they only go they only go down by one point when the game is so right. slow like that. It favors Miami, and Miami came out there and dictated the style from the get go. I mean, the, right. the biggest surprise to me in the first half was Mario Thomas coming out with 10 points in the first half. You know, in the backup role, but played 15 minutes, played more minutes than Mike Bibby did in the first half, and yet was able to, to contribute. And then the way that the Mavs are missing wide open shots, Royce, me and you watched the game together. We yeah, talked about that the whole yeah, game. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But right. in the first you, half, they missed so many wide open shots, shots and, and that they normally hit. Yeah, and, and layups, layups. Right. And, right? And dunks. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. And dunks. Right, right. You know, we talk about right. that too. And then we get but into you know, the third quarter, and, and in the third quarter, he just started to pull away slowly but surely with that style. They scored 22 in the first, in the third quarter. The Mavs only scored 17, and you started to see the tables kind of turned in, especially in the end of the third quarter when LeBron right. hit that fadeaway three-pointer out of nowhere. That's, that's right. But let's, let's, look at the, let's go back to the first half and, and look at Tyson Chown. This is a series that Tyson Chown should dominate. And, and we should dominate this series in centers. You know, they played against the Lakers. They played against Portland. You know, they, 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 you know, and, and Tyson Chandler, 12-14 point. We got production out of Brandon Haywood. But these guys were non-factors. Mm. You know, and it's not like Miami has a dominant center. I, I would like to have seen them go more inside, you know, to establish Tyson Chandler because he's dominant in that position. Against Miami, yeah, he's yeah. the most dominant center, and we didn't see any of that. And you're right, they did miss shots. So that's one of the, maybe one of the adjustments that, that they can make in the next series is is Tyson Jones should be dominating this series. I mean, you know, that's what we got him for. Am I right? And one, and I agree with you 100. percent And we, me, and you sat back and watched that third quarter, and the only thing we kept right. thinking was. Why would they keep leaving Berea? Why would right. they keep leaving Haywood right. so much in the game during right. that second right. half? I mean, right. Right. while they were losing the lead, they had these players out there in that fourth quarter and that third quarter as well, too. Right, and and, and they were non-productive. Like I said, J.J. Burrell was, to me, he was being physically beat up in that series. I wouldn't have left him in so long. And, you know, this may be a series where you do bring in a Kobe Brewer. You know, where you do bring in Stevenson Moore, a page of the guard, somebody. I don't think J.J. Burrell is going to be as effective this series as he had been in previous series. That's just my opinion. Sean Marin was, and Dirk Nowitzki kept us in the game the whole third quarter. Yeah. If we didn't have the production out of those two guys, we wouldn't have even been close. Because Jason Terry is a non-factor. Starkovich had, uh, what did he have? Page had. Pager had, uh, had, 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 had any points. He had, had yeah. any points in the third quarter. And he had two points out of Brandon Haywood and only six points out of Tyson Chandler. 
That's eight points in, in three quarters out of your center that should be dominated. That was a non factor. Then when you look at that fourth quarter, I mean right. the Heat just started really just coming into their own the fourth quarter. They they waited around, they kept their little lead out there, they went in by four, uh four point lead into the fourth quarter. And once they right. got late in the fourth quarter, it was the Heat show. They're running fast breaks, they're throwing alley oops. They're really embarrassing the Mavericks playing that game because now they've played that game throughout the whole game. That's right. the game to like right. to win, the right. slow, the grind. Those type of games are like the wind, but on that east side of ball, who are you more impressed with out of the big three? Did you like what LeBron you what, was able to do, D-Wade or Chris Bosh? I, I liked all three of them, and they shared the basketball. It wasn't just one player dominating. Both, I mean, even that the alley-oop that Dwayne Wade did to LeBron James. I mean, and Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh had a great game. Uh, he had five points in the fourth quarter. Uh, LeBron James had five points. Dwayne Wade had seven points. That's sharing the basketball. That's nobody yeah. being greedy. And, and on the other hand, Jason Terry had no points. Page had no points. J.J. Barrera had no points in the fourth quarter. They had three points from Stevenson, three points from Kidd. Rodney, that's not going to get it. Yeah. The Mavericks have lived by that bench. And just like uh, we've heard Carlisle said in previous times, they may have to have five, six, seven guys go five, six, seven points to to, to win. Mm-hmm. That's just the matter right. of basketball. They didn't get that production out of the guys Monday night. Man, open. Oh, let's look. Let's look real quick. We talked about the stat sheet and what we saw in the stat sheet. But again, let's go back to what we brought up earlier. And there was a matchup problems between right. the Mavs and the and the Heat. One big matchup problem I saw, Royce, was the fact that J.J. Barrett is trying to stick LeBron James. I don't think yeah, that can happen. Yeah. And then I don't oh, know no. if Paige is Yankovic, if, if Paige is out there not scoring any points, why is he right. on the floor? I mean, you can't do anything else besides hit those threes. He missed some wide over threes, too. But what right. happened to have a switch where J.J. Barrett or Jason Terry ends up guarding LeBron? How does that happen? Yeah, and 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 the trade is going to be out there. You can't leave a guy wide open on a three-point line, especially LeBron James. I mean, if you go, that's that he's like playing Kobe Bryant. You don't get him. You don't let him get away. You know what I mean? That, if that's your man, that's your man. You with him? Am I right? Yeah, it's yeah, no absolutely right. Right, there's no switching. You play him straight up. You know. And and the the defense fell off too. I mean, uh, they just drove the lane, and uh, Miami pretty much got any shot they wanted. Uh, the last five minutes of the game, uh, the Mavs were a non-factor. Uh, even with Dirk got double team. Now I've heard people say that this Miami team does recover quick, and I saw that. Uh, they chased the ball uh, when Dirk got double team. When they double teamed, mm-hmm. and he kicked the ball out, they got to the open man. I mean, they covered the perimeter shooters. I'm not going to take that away from them. They are some of the quickest team parts coming to defense. But thank God James Jones wasn't available. We'd have got killed. <laughs> no doubt about it. You know what it. I mean? I mean, yeah, the, I mean heat, they the, heat shot, yeah. the Heat shot the three-point ball 45.8% uh, right. for the game. Right. Their best their right. best three-point performance. They made right. 11 three-pointers. They, they haven't made 11 three-pointers the entire playoffs. Right. I mean, right. they, they had their best three-point. Yeah, they had their best three-point performance, and the biggest thing is the fact that, you know, they had wide-open threes, and there right. had to be something wrong with the defense for the Mavs. I mean, they let them shoot them wide-open threes, but I give credit to LeBron, to Dwayne Wade, to Mario Thomas for hitting those wide-open threes when they had them. But looking at the right. other side of the ball, what did you think about how they played dirt? I mean, Udonis has them played dirt. You saw LeBron guarding dirt. I mean, what do you right. think about what they were able to do to kind of keep well, back? I thought he did have 27 points. Well, and I think we're going to see more more of that. They threw everybody at Dirk, which is all you can do. And Dirk had a great game. I mean, I, I got to give him credit. Without his performance, it would have been a lot worse. He he played a great game. I mean, Dirk's going to get his. Well, I don't care who's guarding But uh, I, I think it, it was so much on his shoulders last night, and he didn't get the help that he normally gets. And, and and by that time they had figured it out. They're going to Dirk, and that's exactly what they did. Because mm. nobody else was. I mean, nobody was knocking down shots, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it, it's not, that's not hard to figure out. If, if nobody's knocking down shots and Dirk, the only one that's scoring, 
Well, who are you going to get a ball to the last five minutes? You're going to get it put in the hands of Dirk. That wasn't hard to figure out. And they did recover. But I but I, I, I think they got out of that zone defense, too, in the last eight minutes. You know, uh, they they didn't get back on defense. Miami was able to convert easy, fast breaks. You know, they and they showed out. It, it was evident. You know, they put on a highlight reel at the end because they just quit getting back on defense. Uh, they took something out of it. It may be a good thing, maybe a bad thing. I look for a whole different uh, game, the next game. But this, this is some of the things that we saw, you know, you and I watched it together. Yeah. And this is just my opinion. Right, you know, right but exactly. They do have to make adjustments. They have to make adjustments. That's apparent. And before we get Guys, into game two, right, and before we get into game two as a preview or even get into the injury with Dirk, Let's talk real quick about, you know, the coaching decisions that were made in game one. As you as you know, in any playoff series, especially in the NBA, it's all about adjustments that you make for the next game. But as far as what you saw, how they prepared both of these teams to come out and play, I'm kind of impressed with the way that Spolster had his team ready to go. I mean, I know it was a home team, but they really had the, had the Mavs playing this style of basketball more so than Carlisle's playing with his own defense and the switch outs where Barrea was calling LeBron. I mean, I think they, I think Carlisle didn't have his preparation all together to take on the big three like he did right. during the regular season. Right. I mean, and a big, a big reason for that too was I think the fact that they are going to miss Karan Butler in this series. I mean, because right. the two games that they won against the Miami Heat, Karan was a big factor. He's right. big he enough to play LeBron right. and able to be a scorer as well too. But they're going to be missing right. that. I thought Sean Marion had a good game. Uh, they had a great game. And offensively too, but you got to leave him in the game longer, am I right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it came down to the end, it was two of John Marion and Dirk Biscuit against the big three. They were outnumbered. But uh, and you know, you're absolutely right. Now, if I had a choice of a coaching job, I would love to be in Miami. I mean, he he he's just like uh, Pat Riley or some other guy. All he has to do is sit back, right? He has the players in place that to do exactly, you know, they know how to play the game. Uh, you know, I yeah. didn't see him calling many plays in, you know what I mean? I didn't see him right. going to plays at halftime, you know what I mean? <laughs> These guys have been together. I mean, he just had some kind of team, just like Phil Jackson had with Michael Jordan. You know, Phil yeah. Jackson just stepped back on the, on the, <laughs> in the seat and, and let him play. Yeah. So he does yeah. have a great, whereas Carlisle has to use, he, uh, he has to kind of be like a chess player. He has to put the mm-hmm. right pieces in the right time at the right place. And they yeah, no doubt and, about and, it. And, and, and it, didn't, it just didn't work. I thought he left J.J. and Brandon there too long. I thought they were non-factors. And uh, it may be time to see Corey Brewer. I mean, yeah. what do you have to yeah, lose no after Monday it. night? Yeah. What do you have to lose what after Monday night? Nobody else, nobody else gave you production. So... No, and no doubt about it. Mahimi. Uh, he, he, I mean, Brenda Haywood has the last series, he's just been awful. I mean, you have to agree with me. We have had no production out of him. He had a few block yeah, shots, but I expect that out of seven footer. Mm-hmm, but, but other mm-hmm. than that, I mean, he, he's just not, he's not a dominant center. And Mahimi yeah, I mean, may the, give the you big, the energy. The... Go ahead. The bigs for the bigs for the Mavs have to play a lot better. I mean, that's that we yeah, understand that they don't have they any chance. They should dominate this series. They should dominate this series. Look who they're up against. <laughs> they don't have anybody. Miami has nobody at center. You know, they can they can compete with Tyson Chandler. Yeah. Yeah, but they got to force the ball down low, like you said. Right, right, Let's let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the injury with Dirk. We'll talk about that, give you guys some up-to-the-minute news about this injury, how it's going to affect them going forward. Also, an injury on the Miami Heat side of the ball that we'll talk about. And, of course, we'll preview game two, give you guys what needs to be done for either both of these teams to either hold their lead at 1-0 for the Miami Heat or for the – Mavs to crawl back in it before they go back home. You're tuned into the RF Sports Radio Show live, uh, powered by Deep End Media, for a sports talk from a fan's perspective. Duncan hits this crazy shot, put this first in by one. We all thought it was over. I mean, there was only .4 seconds left. What could you do in .4 seconds, huh? Fish. Fish gets the inbound. He releases, right? I'm spinning. I see fish. I see the rim. Fish, rim, fish, rim. Fishy rim. Next 
What's up out there with it, world? What's up with it's your it? boy Chosen. Man, and I'm back in the building, you dig? And for all of y'all that haven't already done it, you know what I'm saying? Go out there and join icebreakerproductions.com right now. Support your favorite ICE artist right now. You know what I'm saying? Get a ringtone, get a t-shirt, buy the calendar right now. You can even pick up a teddy bear. You know what I'm talking about? We got everything. Got everything. Um, Every Wednesday, y'all need to be checking out the Icebreaker Radio Show at mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. 7 p.m. When you hear it, icebreakerproductions.com. You know what I'm saying? Scroll down about the middle of the page and click on the player and you got us. You know what I'm saying? And if that ain't working for you, hop on iTunes and listen to us on the podcast. I ain't tripping. You know, you can get us on anywhere. anywhere. And uh, if you really want to know what's going down at all times with Icebreaker Productions, you got to follow us on Twitter at Icebreaker Radio. And if right you're a Facebook now. lover, hit us up, Icebreaker Productions. You know right what they do. Now. And uh, for all of y'all that like them live, fresh videos, you know you can follow us on the YouTube channel, Chosen972. Right if now. still in the old school and, you know what I'm saying, you still on MySpace, hit us up. 972, we ain't tripping. And uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and hop into this album, the reason that you're hearing my voice. Uh-huh. You like one of these artists, you know what I'm saying? So get your jam on, get your lean on. Yeah. And uh, I'll be back at you later on in the future with more ICE announcements. Already. from the hottest names in sports. NBA, college basketball, NFL, Major League Baseball. Log on to rfsportsradio.com. RF Sports, powered by You're back with us live on the RF Sports Radio Show talking about the NBA Finals. We talked about game one. We also talked about Shaq retirement as well, too. So, Royce, let's talk a little bit about game two, what the Mavs and what the Heat need to do. Quick update on the injury front. Dirk, in the last three minutes of the game, suffered a torn tendon in his non-shooting hand. He said he's going to be fine. He's going to be a little bit sore. He did have 27 points last night. I don't think it's going to really affect him too much, Royce, going down the line. I mean, you think he'll still be able to score? Well, you know, right now I never had a torn tendon in my foot. I've had one in my leg. It's not pleasant. <laughs> I hope it doesn't affect him because, you know, the, the, the Mavericks need Dirk. I mean, they need him. He's a go-to guy. But uh, at the same time, I, I give my hats off to Miami. They play their style of basketball. They finish very well. They distribute the ball very well. It was a well-balanced game. Uh, LeBron James and Dwayne, they, you know, Mavericks I've always had trouble with guards. You know, if you look at the series, West Westbrook killed him, you know, and uh, uh, Brendan Roy, we saw him shoot 18 points, what, in two minutes? <laughs> you know, so that, they, but they, they, you know, Dwayne Wade's got to get his. They got, but you got, you know, I saw this early in the game. They, they got off Bibby and let Bibby shoot, and Bibby couldn't, couldn't hit the side of a barn that night. That would be what I do. I'll play off him. I keep playing the zone, but I I let my man come off a bibby as as help, and uh, I I would continue because it worked in the first half. Worked just perfect, and, and all Miami has to do is keep doing what they're doing because it worked the first game. Why not let it work the second game? 
Man, of course, I don't think of I don't think Torrent and the, and the nun shooting hands gonna play any kind of factor in Dirk. I mean, you basically shoot the ball with one hand anyway. A lot of times right. in his case, you're gonna shoot it with one one foot. But I think, like you said, Miami plays a style of basketball. That if the Mavs let them do it, and they keep missing wide open shots, it's gonna they're gonna go back home down 0-2. And I had these guys pick the win in five. They're gonna have the sweep for them to win in five at this point. Let's take a quick call real fast. Zero four three three. You're live on the RF Sports Radio Show. We're talking about the Mavs and the Heat. What did you see in Game One, and what needs to happen in Game Two? Well, Game One went just how I liked it. I picked Miami at the beginning of the season when they drafted the guy, man. When they when they when they traded for those dudes, man. Look, man. I watched basketball since the '80s. Ever since I've been watching basketball, every time you got three all stars on one team, man, I don't see them losing unless you got Boston and the Lakers and the Haters playing each other. Somebody got to lose. Right now, Dirk Nowitzki is still the one man team. Jack Perry is a bench player. When your two bench players are your second and third leading scorers, you're not going to beat Miami. It's just not going to happen. You got to get somebody, have, in that you... somebody in that starting five. Somebody that starting five got to go out there and be the second scorer on that team, a second three out of the starting five. You're not going to do it okay. with, your, with your second and third lead score on the bench. Okay, but here's the thing, though. But you have to say, watching that game in game one, and I know I, I already know you have a dirt bias. I can tell you got a dirt bias already. No, 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 I got I, dirt bias. <laughs> but you have to say that if the Mavs are able to hit some of those wide-open shots, we'd be talking about them being up 1-0. I mean, they could have easily blew them out last night. If the Heat only going to score 92 points, the Mavs could easily score 120 if they would hit some of those wide-open shots that they missed. And if you and if you go back on time, Bibby used to hit his shot when he, he was the go-to man when he was in Sacramento. But he missed some shots, too. So you still got to put in the fact that Wade wasn't good last night. LeBron wasn't excellent last night. He was good, but he wasn't excellent. And Bosh Show wasn't good last night. When those three guys are on, when they give you 73 points a night, that's when they're good. They're great at that time. You're not going to get it out of Dallas. Dallas don't have three starters that can give you 70 points. They bench, They rely too much on their bench. They have the highest scoring bench in the NBA. That lets me know that the starting five don't score much. So Derrick Wick can get his 27, 35 points or whatever he gets, and your bench come with 53. That's, now you're getting up that close to the hundreds. Now you got Marion give you five or six points. It's not going to work against Miami. you got to have somebody. Sean Marion, somebody got to score some points. Team, somebody got to give you 20. Somebody else got to give you a double digit, man. You're starting five, and you only get what? What they have, two two double digit scores in the starting five? I was starting five last night. And yeah, Marion got dude. all his points in what yeah. Bird had. Right. Because after, after that, we didn't hear from him no more. After LeBron no, it, dumped it, on him, we didn't hear no more from him. But it was actually three guys, Terry. Uh, Terry, Terry, and uh, Terry Barrera, Mary, and and John Yeah, yeah, right. But at the same time, you know, I, I I can agree with some of the things you say. But the Mavericks have made it through the whole season by their bench. Yeah, when they get no production from their bench, they lose. They were I scored yeah. like twenty-seven to seventeen last night. That's right. ten points. That's the game. You you know, That's anytime you bench, I score the other opponent's bench, and you start a score. You like you say that's an automatic loss. You're gonna lose. Right. And and, and Dirk's gonna have to get down there in the paint and rebound some balls, man. Just 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 let's just be honest about it. He's gonna have to be a rebounder because Chandler is gonna get pulled out when they go to the lineup of, of Bosch and 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 Haslam in at the same time. Chandler is gonna get exposed because he's used to playing around the paint, playing outside the paint like those guys like to shoot jumpers. They haven't played a team that had two power forwards that could play center and power forward that could shoot like them. They haven't played a team like that all year because those boys in L.A., they like to play in the paint. Jump hook, jump, jump shots right there in the paint. Anybody that bring them outside, they can't cover a can of paint outside the paint. And, and Chandler is uncomfortable out there. He's uncomfortable. He's out of his zone. He's he's a shot blocker. But when you got Haslam and, 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 and – uh, Boston the game same time. I think Derek needs to go to the center, and you may need to come in with a Sean Marion that's powerful. He used to play a powerful that thing. 
So you got to go small ball with those guys. Everybody else was trying to match up with Dallas. Now Dallas needs to match up with, with this team because this team don't have big guys anyway. Well, I can That's say right. one thing. Right. I, I I don't I don't expect I don't expect the Mavs to shoot thirty seven percent again in this in this series. I don't and I don't expect LeBron to go. I, I don't expect LeBron to go four for five from the three point line because that that ain't his game. I I don't expect that. Well, you know, so I well, still I, think the Mavs really have a great chance to really put some away. I mean, I know what we saw game one. But you know these these this whole playoffs are about adjustments, and and I know that I know you, I know your Dirk bias is really you know influencing your opinion. No, 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 no. Dirk's playing good basketball in the playoffs this year. He really is. But what I'm saying is, name me one power forward that Dirk has had to cover outside of eight feet away from the goal in the eastern in the western cup this this playoffs. When he comes out there and plays Bosch, it's going to be different because Bosch can take you off the dribble or he can shoot it over the top. And Bosch was hesitant last night on shooting his jumper that he's normally comfortable with. He he, he held a lot of balls in. But if he lets go, Bosch will have it just as much points as Derek did last night. <clears throat> Derek Nowinski can carry a team only so far, but you talk about playing three all-stars at one time and, and – at all times last night, they always had one or two of those guys on the floor, even with their bench. See, people don't yeah. average their scores when the bench is on the on the court. They don't average those starter points with those bench players. So it's kind of lopsided when they say they score. They bench only gives 17 or 20. Well, how many points did LeBron score when he was playing with the bench? How many points did Bosch score when he was in with the bench? How many points did Wade score when he was in with the bench player? You see what I'm saying? So they even scored even more if you just really look at it from a basketball standpoint. They really scored more from their bench because I don't, I don't. When they start five in, they can rotate with anybody. You can't cover, and they can stick anybody in the NBA. One one coach said one great thing, and nobody has listened to him all year long. Chashevsky, Chashevsky said himself, "Don't worry about how they're gonna." coincide on offense. You better be scared of how good they are on defense because they were the three best defense players he had on that Olympic team. That's mm. the problem. Nobody can play defense as fast and as good as those three guys, man. They cover the perimeter. They run you off the three-point line better than anybody. Ask Ray Allen. Yeah. Ray yeah, Allen that's, is the best three-point shooter in the NBA. That's what I said so, earlier. They did a great job I'm running I'm running them off their spots. Off their spots. They're absolutely right. They got them off their spots, man. And that's going to be hard for Jack Terry when he's normally comfortable taking his time shooting a three-pointer from the corner. Instead of somebody running, he got a pump fake now and take him off the dribble. That's not his game. That's not Steriakovic's game. Steriakovic is shooting five feet away from the three-point line. We know he was nervous as all get up last night. He was out of his game. You don't shoot five steps behind the three-point line at no time. So y'all can be just throwing up stuff. And Ken was on last night. Ken was on at, at the beginning of the game. You know what I'm saying? But he got second half, too. Right. He, he, they he, said he, he, he had a quiet 27. 27 is 27 to me. 27 is 27 to me. You balling, you balling. He was balling. The rest of the team wasn't balling. And if, yeah. if he can't get nothing out of Jet Terry, and I told people before that the little five foot five kids don't have a chance against those guys because those guys jump up in the air all game long to try to block your shot. And he's going to shoot that ball straight up in the air. He's not going to shoot it towards the bus. We've seen before when he got his shot blocked, he starts throwing the ball up higher, and it does not reach the goal after that. The little Barrera kid, he, he's not going to make it. Not gonna make it in the series. Right. If you get right strong right. shooting like he do, and everybody forget Miller didn't shoot well last night himself. Yeah. Miller missed yeah, a true. lot of wide open threes that Dallas did not cover him on. So and what happened? So let me ask you. And first, and I said I should say also too, we we are joined by a local uh, celebrity, a man that keeps me looking good. When you guys go to YouTube and watch RF Sports Radio TV. 
that edge up that I got. My buddy right here keeps me keep me looking proper. So I want to thank you for coming on as well. But man, let me ask you, what happens game two? I picked Dallas to win game one. I picked Miami to win game two. I messed up. If they go down 0-2, they will lose in five. Mm. If they go down 0-2, they will lose in five. If they take this game, they'll lose in six. Dallas is going to lose two games at home to Miami. Miami won't lose no, that man, game in no, the playoffs. No, no, I, I'm just being I, honest with you, man. I, no, I, man. Hey, I don't pick it. It's just, it, it is what it is. Just, this is what I'm saying. When you get a team like, see, see, people ask you what, how good are they bench? What about their bench? What about the bench, this, bench, that? Well, they've been dealing with this problem for 82 games. Now what, 90-some games they've been dealing with this problem? They beat up on, they beat up on, they beat up on um, Atlanta who bench outscored them. Boston bench outscored them. Bulls bench outscored them. They out-rebound. They've been out-rebounded by every team except for Dallas. Now, you get them some offensive rebounds and, some, and, some, and more rebounds than another team, they're going to kill them. Because yeah, what? That's, that's transaction. That's that's their basketball that's game, right? Transaction bust, right? Yeah, right. If Dallas don't have – Dirk Nowitzki is not going to get in the paint and fight for no rebounds. It's going to be a long series because – you got to understand, Sean Mary was big last series on rebounds because what? He could out-rebound the guy from Oklahoma that was covering him. He cannot yeah. out-rebound. He can't out-rebound LeBron James. He would not out-rebound not LeBron James in the series. Not, not Dwayne Wade. <laughs> no, well, Dwayne yeah. Wade is. I mean, you know, I don't give Wade as much credit as everybody else getting for, you know, for running the team with you know, LeBron. I'm going to have a triple double. We ain't going to talk about that. But well, the way he had a Because that's gonna be uh, 
that's really interesting, man, for somebody to choose Derek Nowinski, that is a Laker fan, all time, tip top ten. You move you must go move Kobe to number eleven and put now, man. Put nah, he in there. Kobe put Kobe at number eleven? What Kobe at eleven? No. No, no, Kobe's two. Kobe who? Kobe's two. Kobe two? Off the fleet? Two? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, he two. All right, we'll yeah, we'll discuss that later, man. Me and you have me and you gotta talk on a different level, man, because uh Right. Yeah, we'll do that. We're gonna respect. We're gonna respect, respect the radio show because, man, you may folks lose their religion around this scenery, man. Yeah, it's up to the dollar track. Like them there. Hey, I don't right. think your daddy gave you enough whoopers back in the day, man. I think you need a couple more beats, man. You're right. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. You're right. I know. I know. Hey, let's take a. Let's take a quick let's take a quick break, man. I thank you for calling in. Let's take a quick break. I gotta pay these bills. All right, I'll be we come, come back. back. All right, thank you, man. We come back. We have our picks. RF right, with now. RF Sports Radio and the MPFL Game of the Week with the Deep End Deal of the Month. The Deep End Deal of the Month is an incredible deal that we offer to all of our listeners of the Deep End Radio Network. And this month, we have our biggest deep end deal ever. From now to the end of the month, Just Fitness for You is giving our listeners free gym memberships. That's right, free gym memberships. Spring is here and summer is fast approaching, and Just Fitness for You is ready to get you ready. They have four locations here in the DFW Metroplex, White Rock Lake, Mesquite, Plano, and Hearst and all open seven days a week to fit anyone's busy schedule. Your free gym membership gives you access to all four locations, VIP guest privileges, cycling classes, Zumba classes, body pump 101 training, and use of all of the latest state-of-the-art weightlifting and cardio equipment on the market. To get your free gym membership from Just Fitness for You, email us at deependeal at gmail.com. That's deependeal at gmail.com and put fitness in your subject line to get your free gym membership from Just Fitness for You. Calling all models, calling all actors, all music artists, calling all comedians and producers. I got a question for you. Have you been having trouble finding gigs, and not just gigs, but paying gigs? Well, if that's you, look no further. Okay. We've got the perfect solution for your problem. Go to webookgigs.info right now. Okay. Sign up and create your profile. And let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get updates about shows and paid gigs sent directly to your personal I Twitter, like Facebook, email, and your phone. Now, the best thing about webookgigs.info is it's absolutely no cost to I sign up. That. So what are you waiting for? Don't delay. WeBookGeeks.info right now. Right now. I mean, it's hard for me to talk about. You know, look, there are only two of us that know exactly what this meant. Me and MJ. And, um... Sometimes, you know, when it's just, it's better not to say anything. Hi, my name is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show on Deep End Media. I have a question to all football team owners and players that participate in the sport at this level. Do you play in an amateur league or professional league? Find out the difference by visiting mpflfootball.net. And we're back live. RF Sports Radio got about 60 seconds left in the program. Just enough time to give our picks for game two. My prediction game two, the Mavs make the adjustments that they need. A lot of stuff that we talked about, Royce, from the matchup problems to the defensive problems. And they win game two and come back with a serious tie of 1-1. Well, you know, Ronnie, you got to look at it both ways. If you're a Heat fan, you got to be happy with what you saw. If you're a Mavs fan, I could have wrote a better script than the Mavs be down 2-0 and come back and win the series and do exactly what to Miami what Miami did to us in 2006. I still say the Mavericks win in seven. All right, so you got the Mavs still winning in seven. It's been our show tonight, a good show. Thank you for everybody that tuned in live and called in. 
Make sure you catch our replay tomorrow right before the game. We'll see you guys uh, over the weekend, actually on Sunday, for a preview live from the AAC for Mavs and Heat. We thank you all for tuning in. RF Sports Radio, rfsportsradio.com.